This message was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire, a contemporary Christian church in the north of England. Learn more at lifelanks.org. So, Legacy of Faith. Um, this has been our theme for the year, and we uh, are on part 21 of 23, and it's actually the last time that I am preaching on this particular theme this year. And it's really all about, it's not about me and mine, and it's not just about here and now, it's about others, and it's about the future. And as we build on what's been uh, invested for us, we continue to invest for the future. And uh, we're thinking about what our part of that is, and what role that we have to play in all of that I'm thinking about that. But we are really committed to having a strong and healthy community. It is. It will continue to be so. We're going to work hard towards that. So future generations have something that we have left for them, a legacy that we have, a church that influences and impacts, transforms community. That's why we're involved in some of the projects we're involved in, because we believe in community transformation, giving people an opportunity, giving people a chance, giving people some hope where there is no hope, and so on. We heard a little bit about that last week. So Jesus made an emphatic statement in Matthew chapter 16, and he said, I will build my church. So from that statement, we see that there's a, there's a commitment that Jesus has to build his church. We are part of the church. We are part of what we call God's kingdom on earth. And Jesus is committed to that being built, to that being successful, to that thriving, and so on. So I'm out there today, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm in your face a little bit to say, are you committed to that as well? That Jesus says, I will build my church. Now, some of you are new to all this and you think, great, I'm up for anything. Some of you are consistently, year after year after year, have never lost your enthusiasm or your passion. You keep on serving God. Others, perhaps, are maybe a little bit tired or jaded or a bit discouraged or disheartened. Well, I'm, I'm out there with all of us, whatever category we fit into, to say, let's be committed to this job of building the church. Jesus is committed to it, and he invites us to partner with us. And it's a kind of an all-or-nothing thing. Church is not something that we just visit on a Sunday morning 52 times a year, 40 times a year, 25 times. It's not just that. It's something that we are part of and we're committed to and we sow our lives into his church. Irrespective of disappointments or discouragements, what might happen, what might not happen, we are still committed to building the church and we continue to do that. So I want to encourage you again today to say, yeah, I'm up for that. Put my name down for that. Between me and God, I'm saying, God, this is what I'm going to do. I'm committed to that. And if you've disengaged, I want to encourage you to re-engage. You know, this is the kind of church where if people want to serve, there's loads of opportunities. It's not the kind of church where people have an agenda and want their ministry to be recognized. Jog on. (laughs) This is not the church. But it is the church where people are here and prepared to serve and do whatever it takes to see the kingdom come in this area. So we're partnering with God, and God helps us to do that. And I'm going to look at a couple of kind of stories that Jesus told and a couple of, of metaphors that Jesus used for church and church growth. 
And he used an analogy in uh, Mark chapter 4. We're going to read a few verses from Mark chapter 4. It's going to be on the screen. It's right there. And uh, you can see it and as well as listening to it. Perhaps you want to follow it yourself in your Bible, on your tablet, whatever you've got. You know what I'm... Yeah. This is what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus said. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel on the head. As soon as the grain grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So what Jesus is saying right there is once the farmer has planted the seed, perhaps he's made some development and then he's prepared the ground in some cases. This story is where it seems a bit random. He's just scattering the seed all over the place. But when he's done that, his work is done for that time. He's sown the seed. He's planted the seed. And all by itself, it says, the seed grows into the wheat. So what's going on here? The farmer is doing his work and then he's having faith in God to do the rest. And it's the same for us when we do some sowing of seeds. When we talk about the things of God to someone, when we do an act of kindness to someone, where we say an encouraging word, where we get alongside somebody, put an arm around them and do whatever it takes to be a friend, to be an encouragement and then begin to point them to Jesus, that's what we can do and then all by itself, it seems, God does the rest. So God builds his church, God makes things grow. But we have the requirement to do what we have to do. The farmer is not in control of the process. The farmer doesn't know how much rain's going to come. He doesn't know how much sun that the wheat's going to have and so on and so forth. He's got to leave that in the hands of the creator and see what happens. Just so when we tell people about Jesus, don't strive, don't, don't bully, don't push, don't, don't, don't get frustrated. Leave it to God because God's God that can make things happen. So once a farmer plants the seed, he lets it happen. Growth happens naturally, but only after the farmer has done his work. So if we're believing for God's church to grow, I'm saying that we need to take responsibility, me or all of us, to say, well, we've got to, uh, there's a requirement on us not just to enjoy being a Christian, not just to enjoy being part of God's kingdom, but also to see that we have a requirement to get some sowing done, to sow some seeds, to reach out to people, to touch some lives, to draw people into God's kingdom. God does what we can't do. It seems that all by itself it happens, but we still have a requirement clearly on us to do something. It's a combination of hard work and the blessing of God. It's a combination of the miracle of what the Holy Spirit can do to draw people into God's kingdom, to convince them that they need a savior. That's the miracle, but we still have a requirement to do. The farmer scatters the seeds. He sits back in a sense, and anybody who's a farmer probably never sits back. There's always something to do. I understand that. But in this instance of sowing this seed, he sits back and then waits for the harvest. He's done his work, but when the harvest comes, he's got to work again and draw in the harvest. 
Take that as an analogy of the kingdom of God as Jesus used and an analogy of the Christian walk. We have to continually sow seeds. This morning on your seat was one of uh, our invite cards, one of our experience life cards, just like this. Thanks, Trish. And some of you will have them. I always have one of these with me. I am a card-carrying member of Life Church because when there's an opportunity... I've got something to hand on to somebody. And it's a simple thing. And I don't, uh, I'm not suggesting that you willy-nilly just accost people in the street and say, you need to come to this church. That, it's never, I don't know if that's ever worked. It definitely doesn't work in today's society. It absolutely doesn't. We build relationship with people. We show acts of kindness with people. We're there for people. We care about people. We pray for people. And then from time to time, we get the opportunity. So I'm not giving out a hundred of these a week, but from time to time, there's an opportunity. And I want to encourage you in this season to be a card-carrying member of Life Church and take every opportunity to invite people to come along. That's part of what we do to sow seeds. But let me emphasize, if you haven't already got it, and I'm sure that most of you have, that it's not just about getting people to church. It's about blessing people. It's about making a difference. It's about the kingdom coming to their street. It's about, you know, God, we say, God, let your kingdom come. Well, the rule and reign of God is not imposed, but we get the opportunity to take the good news to people that we meet. So I want you to think about that idea uh, that we can do some sowing, but all by itself something happens. We don't have to fret and strive. You know, you'll have people in your world, in your life, and in your family perhaps, as I do, that are not following Jesus right now. And it's the greatest uh, sadness at times in our heart to think, God, what can we do? You know, we, we, we know God, we know you, we've got this great uh, understanding of that. We have the blessings of following you and these pe- this, this person that we dearly love is not yet following Jesus. Well, we can't make it happen. Stop striving, stop getting frustrated, stop, stop, and don't give up, but keep on praying and keep on sowing a seed. And at times, stop, just pray. <laughs> stop talking and pray. But we need to understand here that what Jesus is saying is God that does it, God does the miracle, but the farmer has the responsibility to sow the seed, as we do here at Life Church, I'm sure. You get the point. But there's hard work, and then there's what God does. We're just having a fantastic Alpha course right now. It's as good as any Alpha we've done before, I'm sure. And yesterday, we had the Alpha Holy Spirit Day, which is absolutely brilliant. So we kicked off at 9.15. But you know, to make that happen, there was my caterers in, in, the, in the kitchen making bacon butties. Sandwiches, if you're not from the north, making bacon butties, and uh, we had those. But you know, someone got up at 6 a.m. yesterday morning to bake some pastries fresh so that, that everyone on Alpha could receive a fresh pastry when they arrived. Now, that's hard work. That, that's brilliant. It's only a pastry, but the point is prepared to put a commitment into it, not to get something from it, but to bless people and to do something. And so throughout, for those of you who have have catered, those of you who have served in all sorts of different reasons, and there's loads. Alpha's just one example, right? There's examples every week of people going the extra mile. But the point is, it doesn't happen without that. And now that was a busy, busy person who did that. 
three, three kids, uh, husband, you know, lots of things happening. But the point is, if it matters, you go the extra mile. And I want to say, church, that it won't happen. Church growth and development doesn't happen if we just don't do anything. It's all about God, but it, God partners with us to do something. And we get to work as a partnership with God, which is incredible that God would use somebody like me. That's amazing that God would do that, but he does, and he encourages us to do something, and he does the rest. Probably every church in the land has a sign outside which says, welcome. But it's just like being at home. I've been in some homes which have had a welcome at the mat, but there wasn't a welcome beyond the mat. And we could have the biggest welcome mat in the world, but it makes no difference the words we speak. We say outside, you know, that the signs we might have or whatever is, is totally irrelevant if, isn't, if there isn't a welcome in the house. And there needs to be a welcome in the house. And what the welcome in the house looks like is not just the people who wear the blue t-shirts. It's me, it's all of us to welcome people and allow people to access and become part of the community. That's what really matters. It's that love, it's that concern, it's that welcome, it's that compassion for people that makes it work. So it's not just the words that we say, it's what we actually do and follow through. So Jesus tells that story about that. There's another scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6 and Paul says this. Now Paul was a church planter. He traveled around preaching the gospel, getting a community of faith together, uh, encouraging them, looking after them, putting a pastor there to then continue the work and that was what his job was. That's what his passion was. And he said this in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. He says, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. I just look at that for a moment and think about that scripture. I planted, that's Paul, the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered it, but it was God that made it grow. He's saying the same thing as we've just looked at. It's only God that can make things grow. But they needed to be a planting and a watering. So that's where you and I come in. We plant and we water. We encourage. Sunday morning, I'm sowing some seeds. I'm doing some planting right now. And you get to water that, those words through the week, in the life groups, in other situations, you get a water them. Maybe just a conversation with somebody over a, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, and you get to water those words. And all the time, we are sowing and we're watering. And sometimes we don't know it. We don't know when we speak to somebody for the first time that someone else has, has planted some seeds. We don't know that this is my job right now is to do some watering. We don't know whether I'm planting or watering, but constantly we're looking for opportunities to plant and to water. I've got a, um, some soil here, which I'm not going to show you because it will fall out. But we've, I've got a plant pot here, and I've got a seed which I will plant. Now, I will wash my hands before I shake your hand on the way out. But I've planted, I've planted a seed, so I've done my bit, right? But I also understand that there's a requirement to do some watering. So this is, all, this is all well and good, but I cannot make that seed grow. I could get annoyed at it if it doesn't grow by the time we finish this morning. I could shout at it. I could jump up and down till I'm blue in the face, but that's not going to make anything happen. It's not going to change anything. It absolutely isn't. And we understand that, and we need to understand that when we're dealing with people. But what I can do is 
continue to water until it grows. Now, don't get too excited because there's nothing suddenly going to spring up and and, uh, in pressure. um, There's no miracle about to happen. It takes time. And in most cases, when we plant, it takes time. In most cases, when we water, there's nothing to show for it for quite some time. So we see some plants that grow up very fast and go down very fast. And we want want something to grow that's strong, that's got good roots, that's established in God's kingdom. But we have a responsibility to plant and to water. But it's God who makes it grow. God has created the earth and made an environment where things can grow. And that's where we're benefiting. So as a planter, I can let that happen. But in church life and in kingdom, we get to continue to plant and to water. And the miracle happens because God makes things grow. And only God can do that. But God is looking for you and for me to do some sowing, to plant some seeds, and to do some watering. Church growth should always be part of our prayers and our passion. Yeah, I had a great experience at church this Sunday. You may go away and say, that's fantastic, but how much better to be part of a growing kingdom and feeling like you've contributed, you've brought somebody along, you've encouraged somebody that you perhaps you don't know, somebody that's not in your immediate circle. You know, we all, we all gravitate to sit perhaps in the same seat or talk to the same people. And that's not a criticism. That's just how we are as, as people. That's kind of just how we, 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 we do. Yesterday when we had the, the Alpha Holy Spirit Day, we had uh, our, our, the, the teaching sessions in here and people picked some seats. And then when we came back after, after having something to eat and discussion, most of them sat in the same seats they'd been before. Because that's what we do. We're creatures of habit and we, we all do that. And I noticed that some of you aren't here by the fact that the seat where you normally sit in, there isn't anybody. And uh, it's just what we do. That, that, that's okay. But knowing that, we have to tell ourselves to deliberately connect with people who we don't normally sit next to. Deliberately connect with people who we don't know their names because they might really like that. But don't be, don't be real scary. I mean, don't, don't, don't be like, whoa, over the top. Not everyone likes, it, likes to be hugged. Be hugged on the first meeting. So just chill about it. But just welcome people and talk to people and encourage people. It actually makes an incredible difference, whatever that is. That might just have been a bit of watering. What you were doing right there and just blessing somebody is a bit of watering. They've heard something perhaps from the preacher. It's a phrase in one of the songs we've sang or whatever that might be that they've heard, but you can water it by putting some reality, extra reality onto that by saying what these guys are singing about, they actually practice. What these guys say, they actually believe. They do love God and love people. So we need to see great health and growth. You know, some people sort of emphasize, well, we just need to be healthy. Well, it's not an either or. Healthy things grow, but so do unhealthy things. Weeds grow without any encouragement. If you've got even a, um, a window box, never mind a back garden, you will know that weeds will grow without any encouragement. They just do. Things like that grow. Horrible things grow. But, you know, we need health and growth and to encourage that in our 
community. It's incredible that this church that they were writing to in Corinth, that Paul was writing to and talked about that he'd planted and Apollos had watered and, and God had made it grow. This, this was a church which had incredible adversity in, a, in circumstances, in a situation that was very, very difficult. A lot of persecution. They didn't have any of their own buildings. The leaders didn't have much training, but still they grew because they deliberately shared the gospel with their friends and neighbors. And that's the way that churches always grow. Some people are looking for magic. Some people are looking for miracles. But what my experience is over 38 years in this church is that how this church grows is when people invite people, when people love people, people encourage people and bring them along. It's the only way it absolutely works. Despite persecution, things grew. We plant, we water, only God makes things grow. Don't forget to water. There's no signs of life yet, but I'm going to stay in faith. Like the farmer stays in faith, I'm going to stay in faith that what I've planted and watering will grow. And I want to encourage you this year, what's left of it, to stay in faith. The people that you have planted with, the people that you are sowed some seeds into their lives, perhaps in, in, in doing something really good for them and blessing them and telling them about the Lord, perhaps whatever that looks like, stay in faith. Because only God makes it grow. You cannot convince somebody to be a Christian. You can't. But you can encourage, you can plant, we can water, we can see things. But it's only God. God's passion is for us, is to reach more people. And he uses us as his hands and feet to do that. But it's only God that can make things grow. Only God. Have you ever been in a situation where... It's only God can get you out of it. Anyone ever been in a situation? And it might have been a real challenge and a difficult situation, but you know what I would feel more sorry for you is if you've never been in a situation like that. You need to, we need to be in those kind of situations where we actually need God to show up and we're actually taking those steps of faith because if God doesn't do it, we're sunk. If God doesn't come through, we don't know what the answer is. It's good to, that's what the life of faith looks like. Not safe, not careful, not secure, not building your own little castle about me and mine and about here and now. It's about being out there and actually trusting God where there's only God can come through. And when it comes to church growth, it's only God. But it's actually only God in partnership with you and me. I love it. That God does that. I believe Light Church is strategically placed in this part of Lancashire as we reach out across the county and, and beyond in all the things that we do. We're strategically placed to do something very increasingly significant. I absolutely believe that. I've got the same passion that I've always had for people to see this church grow because it's just a wonderful thing when we see people come to faith and come to know Jesus. What greater joy is there than to see people following Jesus? It's the best thing ever, and it's wonderful that we get to play our part. A few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the greatest commandment and the great commission. And you know the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. 
And the Great Commission is to go and make disciples. And this is what it's all about. And right now, I'm encouraging you to to see it in the sense of this is a responsibility that all of us can take on board. If you've not yet there, I'm encouraging you to get to that position and to expect through November and December and into the new year, we can see significant things happen as more and more people come to know Jesus as their Savior and God's kingdom is extended. When we look at the book of Acts, we see incredible church growth. We see that day after day, time after time, the church grew. It actually, let's, let's read just a few verses to uh, remind us of that in Acts chapter 2. They'll be on the screen. It tells us in Acts 2.42, this is the believers, this is the Christians, these are the members of the local church like me and you. It says this about them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Two obvious things to note. First of all, they devoted themselves. Back to where I started, encouraging you, if you kind of disconnected, to get devoted. If you knew, be devoted. If you continue to be devoted, stay devoted. And I'm really, I'm really asking you and I'm really encouraging you to say, this is who I am going to be. Going to be. That's the kind of person I'm going to be. Because it's clear in the Bible that when they were devoted, God added. The two things absolutely went together. Because God adds, God does what only He can do, only God makes things grow. But He's looking for you and me to devote it to be this thing called God's kingdom and to see His kingdom grow and His kingdom extended. And when that happens, things change. Just really believe that we need to continue to be Jesus-centered and people-conscious. Jesus-centered when we meet together. You know, we've been encouraged this morning... Pete and Briony talking about Jesus and talking about pointing us to Jesus and the fact that Jesus sets us free. That's our focus because at Life Church, that's who we have to offer. It's all about Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's not about a formula. It's not a process. It's about Jesus. And because we love and are devoted to Jesus, we do what we can to make a difference in people's lives. It's an incredibly winning partnership when we work together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it goes on to say this in in verse 8. We read verse 6 a moment ago. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. I love that, that God rewards those who work for him. When we do what we can, not what we can't do, we leave that to God. Not what someone else is doing, perhaps, because that's not our responsibility. But we take collective and individual responsibility to sow and to water. One of the musicians would uh, join me. That'd be, that would be great. Jesus said, I will build my church, but we all have a part 
to play. Just one more scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other's parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In church, it's all about discipleship. It's all about following Jesus. No, you can come for a few weeks and enjoy the service. But if you don't become a follower of Jesus, you'll get bored with that and drop off. You absolutely will. Because it's not a presentation or performance. It's about introducing us to a relationship with the living God. That's what it is all about. And we pray, we lead, and we pray some more, and we encourage as a leadership team and as all my teams of leaders who take responsibility across all sorts of different departments in the church, and we commit ourselves. But you know, it's a collective responsibility to do what we can. Only God can make things grow. But it's only God and you and me. How awesome and incredible is that? That we get to partner with God. That God counts us worthy to be partners with Him. I'll never uh, ever fully understand how that works. But I'm so grateful that God gets to use ordinary people like me and you. All by itself, the soil produces grain. One plants, another waters. But only God gives the increase. I've planted. I'm going to continue to water. And then I'm going to see what God happens. And over this next season, I want you to be deliberately planting. I want you to be deliberately watering. Looking for opportunities that you can bless somebody. Looking for an opportunity so that you can be a little bit of Jesus for them at that moment. That you could be an expression of the kingdom of God in their lives. To take a practical interest in people. To meet a need. To encourage somebody. To do whatever it takes to help people in God's kingdom. We are responsible to plant and to water. But only God gives the increase. Please don't leave those experience experience life cards on the floor, on the seat. Put it in your pocket, wherever. Carry it. And I say, God, this week, would you give me an opportunity not to be a scary Christian, but to be someone who just cares about somebody and gives an invitation? Because it's worth inviting people to the greatest thing ever, a relationship with God. Discover more about us at lifelanks.org and stay inspired by subscribing to the podcast via iTunes. Thanks for listening.